Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Ava Gutierrez, a freelance writer who's helped other freelancers quit their jobs and reach their $10,000 per month writing goals. This all happens inside of the client acquisition system, and Ava has a special gift for our listeners. Grab her training on how to make your first $10,000 from freelance writing at freelancewriterframework.com. Learn how to make your first $10,000 as a freelance writer, all while making sure you're working with ideal clients on projects that you actually love. Go to thefreelancewriterframework.com to get access. In this episode, we want to talk about how to work on writing side projects when writing is your job or you have a very creatively demanding job because I think that... As freelance writers, we often come to it as a different kind of writer. Personally, when I was in college, I studied poetry and I participated in the NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month before. And I have experience with all other, with many other types of writing. And so, but like, what if you are spending your days writing for someone else and how do you make time to write for yourself or should that be a priority? And how do you think about that? So Kaylee, I'd love to hear from you. Do you make room for writing for yourself or, or how, how do you think about that at this stage in your business? So in the earlier days of my business, I was way better at this than I am now. So when I first, right before I first started doing this full time, I had my e-commerce business where I was selling jewelry through an Etsy store. So that was a good creative side project for me. But then I eventually sold all that off because I was like, you know, I can't really do two things well. I want to do one business really well. So I stopped doing that. And then I also did the NaNoWriMo thing a, a couple, two, three years ago, which was a good side project. But I find myself now bumping into the same thing that I've heard some of our listeners say, which is that especially for writing related projects, if it's a creative side thing that you're working on, if you've been sitting at your desk and writing all day long, the last thing you want to do when you have free time at the night, at the end of the day during the night is like sit down and do more writing. It's just really, really hard for me lately, especially to get myself back in the chair and do it again. I just don't have a lot of mental capacity for it right now. Yes. So the reason that I wanted to talk about this in an episode is because I have a good friend who is a very successful freelance writer. And one of her dreams is to write a novel. And she has been really, really struggling with figuring out how do I make time to write a novel when I'm spending all of my days like you know, writing for clients about software or whatever. Like she, she was like, I can't, she was like, she said something to me like in my head, it should be easy to schedule an hour every morning to just work an hour on my novel. But the reality is that like, I don't have enough creative juice to make that happen. And my recommendation to her, and, and this is something I'd recommend to anyone who wants to make room for other kinds of writing is like, you have to do less writing for work. Like, I don't think that you can do both. Like, I think you can do a little bit of writing for work and, but you can't, 
be sitting at your desk writing four or five hours a day. You can't be responsible for for churning out, you know, Facebook ad after Facebook ad after blog post after blog post and and expect to be able to have like any creative juice left to work on something for yourself. So my advice to, to this friend of mine was like, you need to subcontract. Like imagine that you subcontract all of the writing work for a three or four month period. And all you're going to do is sort of, you know, do some light editing and, and manage the, the clients, but you are going to take this time to finish your novel and just subcontract all of that work out because like you can't, you can't do both. What, what do you think? Like, do you think that you can really do both or <laughs> where do you come down? I think you can. I, I do think you have to free up some mental bandwidth with taking on less. And so like for me, when I did the first draft of the novel that I wrote, it was during the winter months when there wasn't a whole lot for me to do outside anyways. I was, you know, it gets dark really early. I like needed something to keep my hands busy. So I wasn't just super annoying. So that was a good, I feel like a good distraction, a good place for me to channel my energy. But I don't know, I need something new now. And that makes me think also, you know, a few years ago, you were doing your your YouTube videos, which I feel like was a good creative side project for you. So I want to ask you too, like, how did you make room for doing that? Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because I, when we were talking about this episode, I didn't even think about me doing like my YouTube videos or some of this other stuff. And I've done other things in my life, like taking improv or I took a comedy writing class. I think that that was actually a lot easier for me to make time and headspace for than writing a novel, like when I participated in NaNoWriMo, because the writing of the novel was, I mean, it was a totally different novel from anything that I'm writing for work. But like the the act was the same in the sense that I was sitting at the computer, opening up a doc, writing sentences, thinking about sentences. Whereas when I was doing the YouTube videos, it was a totally different medium and it felt like very separate somehow. Like it didn't feel like connected to work really at all because I was working in this different medium and I wasn't very good at the medium. And I do think that like it definitely cut into the time that I had for client work, like especially video editing takes forever. It takes forever. And one of the things I learned about doing the YouTube videos was like, oh, anyone who has a YouTube channel and like is is making like really, really compelling videos that are edited in an interesting way and uh, that it's like kind of going to be your full-time thing. Yeah. At least I, there are plenty of like a freelancers that have a YouTube channel. Like I know Ashlyn Carter has one that's really good, but those videos are, they are more like, you know, her sitting and giving a piece of advice as opposed to like the things that I was trying to do was like, you know, go outside and film all of this stuff and do B-roll footage. It wasn't just like me sitting at my desk, right? Because, and that's because that's the kind of thing that I like to watch and enjoy, I guess I sort of sound like a downer because I'm like, you can't do both. You can't do both. But I don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't actually think that's true. I just think it's about like figuring out what your priorities are, right? Like, so for a period of my life, it was a priority to do those YouTube videos. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe this is something I would want to do more full time and build up the channel. And then after doing it for a while, I was like, "Mm, 
it might not be for me in the way that I thought. And like, I didn't love, like I was making these like parenting YouTube videos and I was like, I don't really want my kid like on the internet in this way, like for the long term, like it didn't feel right to me. So I don't know. I mean, that's sort of an aside. And the other thing I wanted to say is I took a comedy writing class and that was so awesome. And like, I think taking a class is like a really great way of diversifying your writing because like you have assignments to do. You are with a group of people to carry you forward. It's not just sort of like randomly carving out time to work on your novel and like crossing your fingers that you can make the time for it. Yeah. I did that with a few of the masterclass courses. They had like some writing focused ones. So that was like a good, I don't know, just like I felt like I was in school again. You know, I had assignments and I I thought about it. It was good fuel for my newsletter topics as well. It gave me a lot of like food for thought on that side of things. I think that there are a few other things to keep in mind though when people are thinking about how to approach a creative project. So a few key things that jump out at me. Number one, it doesn't have to be a money maker. It can be a total passion project. It can be something that feels good for your brain or physically is good for you or you know, it's just a guilty pleasure. It's whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be another like side hustle. It can be totally profitless and that is absolutely fine. Number two, sometimes it's easier to do these types of creative side projects that are really good for keeping your brain stretchy and curious and creative if you do it with a friend. So like, like you and I doing this podcast together, this is a creative side project, the retreat that we hosted together. I feel like if it was just me on my own, those things would never happen because I just don't have any interest in doing that by myself. I would so much rather do it with you because I feel like we work together well and I enjoy it more when we do it together. Yeah, me too. And also it's like being a freelance writer is solitary in lots of ways. So when, when we are able to come together to do a project like this podcast, right? And I think for us, it's less about oh, you know, let's make a heap of money from doing the podcast. That's not why we're doing it, right? To get back to your first point about like, you know, doing a side project isn't about the money. And I think it can be hard as a freelancer. One thing that I really struggle with is like, I feel like the amount of money I make as a service provider is a function of the amount of time I spend, right? Like if I if I spend more time with more clients, then I can make more money. And so I think getting out of that that sort of mindset to say like not everything that you do <laughs> has to like bring in in substantial funds or any funds at all it's like you do it for the pleasure of doing it and you learn something and and that that's like the uh, that's the whole point of exploring interesting things in life. Like it's not all about like, I don't know, like you can take a comedy writing class without the goal of becoming a comedy writer, right? Like I think there's this culture that sometimes we have of like, oh, I'm doing this so that I can. And it's like, I'm just doing this for for the joy of it, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing too is that with the type of work that we do, oftentimes if you're a specialized writer, you're doing a lot of the same things over and over and over again, even if it's with different clients. And that can become a a little bit monotonous. And so having a creative side project is a good way to get out of that mode of thinking, um, to get your brain shifted into a different gear. And, you know, sometimes if your work just isn't doing it for you, like creatively, mentally, that's a good break from things. So I think it's good to have that alternate mode to shift into where you can focus on something that you're excited about, 
you are thinking about it kind of in the back of your brain when you're not working on it. I think it's good to have a channel like that because so often we just fall into this rut of like, okay, it's Monday. I'm in my chair. I'm doing my work. Monday night I do this. <laughs> then the next day I do the same thing. It's good to have those things that break things up. Yeah, I agree. I it, this Even like talking about this, I'm like, I should have a creative side project right now. Why don't I have a creative side project? So I'm curious, like, do you have one right now? I mean, the podcast is maybe one, but that's like, yeah. I feel like the podcast, this, doing this podcast is it is a side project, but also it's still professionally oriented. Like right, we're yeah. still talking about our work. It's not totally separate from that. So when I think about, so yeah. So do you have anything going on right now? That's kind of. So I have the Yeah Right Club newsletter, which is again, like kind of professionally oriented where I'm doing interviews with fellow writers and editors. So that's one thing. And there's like other, like we're talking about doing other things, branching off of that idea, but we're not quite there yet. Other things I've done just kind of for fun this past year, I've like gotten back into drawing with like those uh, oil crayons just because that was oh, yeah. something I really liked oil doing. Oil pastels. In yeah. Oil pastels. Um, so I've done a little bit of that. And I've been reading a lot. That's not really a side project, but it's like a, I don't know. I feel like it's a good like practice in a way. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Well, in thinking about this, at first when we were talking about this, I was like, oh, it has to be some like sort of uh, creative thing, like the YouTube videos or writing the novel. But I mean, on the side, I, I've gotten quite into sewing. Mm. So I, I'm, the, I'm not very good. So the I mostly make crib sheets for my son, but the crib sheets are very cute. And I have been working in my garden as well, like really spending a lot of time in my garden. And that's been very, very restorative for me. And the thing that I want to do, which now I'm going to sign up for now that we've had this call, because I think those things are like awesome. They are not something I'm expecting any sort of monetary value out of at all. They're just like good for my soul. But the thing that I want to do more for my like creative writing side is do a stand up comedy class. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so jealous. I wish there was one near me, but there but absolutely I not. think there isn't, Kaylee, but now you they're they're virtual. Like I think you can take like a Second City Chicago course. You know, I looked into online. that a few weeks ago, specifically at Second City, and they are virtual. I just don't know how I feel about doing something like that in that kind of context. I don't know if it's exciting to me. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like I so I took improv. Um, before the pandemic and before I had my son and it was in person and it was really, really awesome. Like it made me feel like it, it actually, speaking of our imposter syndrome a- episode, it helped me a lot with imposter syndrome to just like mm. get it. Cause, because it encourages you, you to get on stage and like be stupid and not care about how you look or come across. And I think all of these things are much, much better in person, but I think depending on what you're doing. Like for me, for like stand-up comedy writing, I feel like what I need is someone to tell me like, I don't know how to, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm less concerned about like the performance and the delivery, at least at the first stage. I'm more curious about how people like write stuff and like Mm -hmm. how they put that together. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree the virtual stuff is maybe, it's not exactly the same, but I, I, I think there are, I don't know. I, I, it, it's not a terrible place to start. Yeah, that's true. That's because true. I think I think for me doing a class or a course is almost essential for me to do 
something new. Not not with gardening, but like with with like a stand-up comedy writing. Like I just I could go and like write my own monologue, I guess, but I'm not going to do that unless there's uh, there's like some coaching component. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm the same way. Like I need to have it be part of a structured plan for it to be meaningful and like actually something I will do. I was just going to say, I think that's why NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing is really month is really good is because like there's a bunch of people that are all working on their novel for that month of time. Yeah. Um, I like the trajectory of a theme. I feel like that's yeah. the direction for those efforts. The other thing I was going to say was this also got me thinking about when we used to do our Blab sessions. So Blab mm-hmm. is obviously long gone, but we would hop on video calls and basically just teach a lesson together. Usually it was something writing or freelancing related. But I feel like that was a good creative side project for us too, because it's basically what we're doing now with the video instead of audio component. But it's number one, a chance for you and I get to get to talk to each other. But number two, it's a way to teach what we know and and put that to use and and not just keep it internal locked inside our own brains. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be that too. Yeah. I think some of like thinking about the creative side project is it's less about sort of the what in terms of what are you going to do if it's going to be like working out in your garden, which has nothing to do with with your work, or if it is, I don't know, some, you know, hosting lessons or chats, which do have to do with work. I think it's maybe less about the what and more about like the art of carving out time for these things and space for them in your life. Because I think whatever they are, they help you manage burnout. They make mm-hmm. you feel better about being alive. They remind you why you have chosen this career path. Like, I mean, that big reason that I've chosen this career path is so that I have the freedom and flexibility to like go out into my garden at 10 a.m. and spend a half hour out there working just because I need a break and I'm home and my garden is right there and nobody's calling on me for a meeting. Um, and then same with doing the the blab sessions or the podcast, which is like I can carve out the time to do that out of my work day. And that's just a fun thing that I get to pursue and I get to decide what those things are, right? Yeah. It's, I think it's also about like what do you need? Like what are the gaps in your – uh, life that you can fill in a with a creative side project. So an example of this, a girl in the town that I live in, we don't have a lot of like female gathering type things. And she was really feeling like she was missing that community aspect of living in a pretty small town. So she was like, okay, well, I'm just going to put it together myself. And this was pre-COVID, but she organized all of these different events and she would have like 75 people 75 women come together for these and they all had really fun themes. Like one day she had a flower workshop where you could go and make flower crowns or a floral arrangement. Um, You could get your hair braided or your nails painted. It was like a sleepover for adults and it was just so fun. It was so unique. And she, I mean, it was a ton of work for her to put together, but she was like, I need this. And I know if I need it, other, other people probably do too. So it's worth the time and energy and money it's going to take to put this together because I need it. Like I want to make the thing. I need to bring it into reality. That's really interesting about like uh, having to wanting to do something because you need it for yourself. I remember that when I started a book club, like I did it because I was like, well, I want a book club. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like I'm, I'm going to make it happen. 
Part of what you were talking about reminded me of like the wheel of life online assessment, which is this, it's basically a picture of a circle and it has like a bunch of pizza pie slices out of it. And each one of them is like, I was looking just at one, one of them is like spirituality, health and fitness, money, career, social, love, personal growth. You can find them. We can link a few when we do our show notes. But I did an exercise with a coach once where she had me score myself on a scale from one to 10 for like all of the things around the wheel. And when, when the things were like really, you know, when I had a two under leisure, then that gave us a jumping off point to say like, well, how do we get you up from a two? It, it wasn't, the goal wasn't to have everything be a 10. The goal was to, to sort of understand, you know, wait, where are the areas that I'm really struggling with and how can I kind of bring myself up in those areas? Right. I like that. That's a very practical way to, because we never take the time to sit down and think about those things. You know, we just go about our day. We don't carve out any time to be like, where am I, where are my holes? Like, where am I falling short? What do I need? We don't really take a lot of time to figure that out. Yeah. Because if you, and, and sometimes you feel it where you're like, I recognize that I'm really lonely right now, but you don't necessarily know sort of how to deal with that. But then if you, when you sort of look at the wheel of life or the wheel of the balance of life wheel or something, I'll, I'll, we'll definitely link it. But, and you say, oh, friends and leisure are at twos. Maybe I need to like go do some fun things with my friends and, and then you can go and plan and try and do that. Right. Or just figure out some ways to fill that cup in those areas. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.